Good morning St James and welcome to our Bible readings and our sermon uh, from church this morning. Our first Bible reading is from the book of Acts chapter 9 and verses 36 to 43. There was a believer in Joppa named Tabitha, which in Greek is Dorcas. She was always doing kind things for others and helping the poor. About this time she became ill and died. Her body was washed for burial and laid in an upstairs room. But the believers had heard that Peter was nearby at Lydda, so they sent two men to beg him, please come, as soon as possible. So Peter returned with them, and as soon as they, he arrived, they took him to the upstairs room. The room was filled with widows who were weeping and showing him the coats and other clothes Dorcas had made for them. But Peter asked them all to leave the room. Then he knelt and prayed. Turned to the body, he said, Get up, Tabitha. And she opened her eyes. When she saw Peter, she sat up. He gave her his hand and helped her up. Then he called in the widows and all the believers and he presented her to them alive. The news spread through the whole town and many believed in the Lord. And Peter stayed a long time in Joppa, living with Simon, a tanner of hides. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Our Gospel reading is from the Gospel of John, chapter 10, and verses 20 to 30. Some said, he's demon-possessed and out of his mind. Why listen to a man like that? Others said, it doesn't sound like a man possessed by a demon. Can a demon open the eyes of the blind? It was now winter, and Jesus was in Jerusalem at the time of Hanukkah, the festival of dedication. He was in the temple, walking through the section known as Solomon's Colonnade. The people surrounded him and asked, How long are you going to keep us in suspense? If you're the Messiah, tell us plainly. Jesus replied, I have already told you, and you don't believe me. The proof is the work I do in my Father's name. But you don't believe me because you are not my sheep. My sheep listen to my voice. I know them, and they follow me. I give them eternal life and they will never perish. No one can snatch them away from me, for my Father has given them to me and he is more powerful than anyone else. No one can snatch them from the Father's hand. The Father and I are one. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So let's pray uh, and ask for God's help uh, in hearing him speak to us through his word. Let's pray. Lord God, thank you that you are always with us and thank you for the gift of your word. We invite you now to fill us again with your Holy Spirit, to might hear your voice speaking to our hearts. Amen. So, my starting point this morning is uh, those words from John chapter 10. Jesus saying, uh, my sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. Now, you know, normally I like going into passages line by line. I want to do more depth about the passage. But actually today I want to start with some of my own experience and then come at the passage that way, if that's OK with you. I'm just looking for anyone objecting. No, that's great. Off we go. Now, uh, some of you will know that I did a gap year when I was 18. Um, I was placed in a team of four in Sparkbrook, uh, which is uh, part of Birmingham. It's a, uh, the local community is mostly, majority uh, Pakistani Muslim. 
uh, and so the Christian community was uh, was shrinking, was shrinking under pressure. Uh, but an amazing place to spend a year. I learned so much, uh, and I got to eat curry for the first time. Uh, I know there's curries in Crickwood. My dad doesn't eat curry. I never eat curry. Never ate curry. Birmingham was my introduction to curry. But as I worked for the year, I, I worked with local schools, with the other people on my team. We ran youth clubs and after school clubs. But over the course of the year, we we became frustrated because the vicar we worked with was lovely. He was a man of prayer. He believed in the Bible. He worked incredibly hard. But he wasn't, to our eyes, he didn't look like he was very effective. It didn't look like what he was doing was making a difference. And we used to struggle because we would, he would give us, get us involved with things that he was doing. But in any given week, he was uh, chair of governance of the local school. Uh, he was on an interfaith committee with the local mosques. He was part of the local ward committee uh, and met with councillors about what was happening in the area. Um, he would be obviously dealing with prayer meetings and PCC things that came up. And then once a term, he would try and do an assembly in every school for a three mile radius. He built together a team and said, look, we're gonna do this, we're gonna go to every school so they hear about the good news of Jesus. Um, those assemblies with a, you know, a big team pulled together so that if you got 20 people who could help and on the given day, you only need six of them, it'd be one six one day, a different six another day. So it was under rehearsed, it was under prepared. Um, you weren't doing the same thing each time, so it didn't get better as you went. It just, it got worse. And we got frustrated because we were the ones standing in front of young people, in front of students at schools, looking silly, looking like we, we weren't prepared, we weren't able to do our jobs, we weren't uh, worthy of respect. And towards the end of the year, we, we just asked the question of ourselves as we were thinking about leaving, you know, having done our 11, 10, 10, 11 months, what would we do differently? And as we looked at everything this vicar did, there was nothing that you'd say, oh, you shouldn't do that. That's a waste of time. Everything that he did was was good and proper. Of course, you'd engage with the local uh, imams and have interfaith discussions. Of course, you should be involved with the local school. Of course, you should be engaging with counsellors uh, and involved with the community, things that affect the whole community. Of course, you need to run um, good children's work and you should be doing youth work uh, and you need to have Prayer meetings, everything's undergirded in prayer. And of course, the worship at the church is really important. We need to invest in how our services run. And we looked at it and we said, well, all of it is good. But you can't do all of it well. So surely it's better to do less things, but to do the things that you do properly, to do them well, to do them with a, a good amount of preparation. So then the follow-up question was, so if the answer is to do less things, what do you stop? What do you not do? And we had no answer. You know, I, just, I was 18. I thought I knew a lot, but even at that point, I knew I was at the end of my personal wisdom. Like, what's the right thing for a church to be doing? What, 
what should it focus on? And so at that point, uh, I started, well, talking to other church leaders uh, who came to train um, all the people who were doing the course that I was on, who was doing the gap, same gap year as I was, about how they knew what to do. How did they know to do this or that? How did they know what, what to focus on, where to put their energy? And they said, well, you listen. You listen to Jesus' voice and you do what Jesus tells you to do. Which sounds fantastic, but as an 18 year old, I'm going, great. How do I do that? How do I just hear Jesus? It's like, I'm listening, I'm still listening. Nope, nope, can't hear anything. And so that began me on my journey of trying to understand how God speaks, what it means to hear Jesus' voice. And it's it's something that I'm still doing, I'm still learning about, I'm still growing in. Uh, but I thought it was worth sharing that because when we look at St James, we talk about what we could do or what we should do as a church. There's loads we should do. There's loads that we used to do that we don't do anymore. Things like rotating the homeless shelter, we don't do anymore. Um, Acorns, uh, our toddler group, we closed. Uh, and then we opened Stay and Play, and then COVID hit, and so that shut again. Um, how do we, out of all the things that we could do, how do we choose what we do and what we don't do? As the answer is that we seek God, that we together listen for Jesus' voice. Now, my question, age 18, was, that's great, but how do I do that? Uh, and so that's the next part of this sermon. Uh, let's start with uh, the most basic thing, which is uh, in our Acts reading, helpfully. Uh, in Acts chapter 9, uh, Peter um, is fetched, basically, um, in Joppa, a believer named uh, Dorcas or Tabitha. Uh, she dies. And everyone is distraught because she's someone who really helped people, does a lot of good. And so they send for Peter and they try and convince Peter, look, look, here's the clothes she made us look. She was wonderful. Please, can you help her? And what's really interesting is what Peter does. Peter sends everyone out of the room. Then he kneels and prays, turns the body and says, get up, Tabitha. And she does. Now. My question is, how does Peter know to do that? What is it that makes Peter take those actions in that order? Is it because he's heard a message from God saying, this is what you do? I would argue it isn't. Uh, I would argue that what he does is what we see Jesus doing uh, with Jairus' daughter. If you look at the, the gospel passage, uh, Jesus, when Jairus calls him and says, please, 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 would you help my daughter? Uh, and uh, Jesus is interrupted on his way there. And people, the servants come and say, she's dead. Don't trouble the master. Uh, and she says, just have faith and goes with them. When Jesus gets to Jairus's house, all these people 
who are wailing and weeping and who, when he says she's just asleep, they laugh in his face. Jesus sends them out. Jesus clears the room, except for Peter, James and John. Then Jesus addresses the girl and says, little girl, get up. Now the Greek for little girl, talita. Uh, get up is kum. So Jesus says, talita, kum. Peter gets to uh, Dorcas's house. Dorcas, who's also called Tabitha, depending which language you address her in. Um, and he says, Tabitha, kum. What Jesus does and what Peter does are identical, except for one letter. Talitha, little girl, Tabitha, the name of uh, the lady that Peter is talking to. Peter does what Jesus would have done. He does what he saw Jesus do, what Jesus did. Peter spent his time learning from Jesus, watching Jesus. And so therefore, he goes into that situation going, OK, Jesus was put in this situation. I'll do what Jesus did. And I'll look. It works. So I think there's some a sense in that. Peter must have been in the flow of what God was wanted to do. Otherwise, God wouldn't have listened. You know, Peter is full of the Holy Spirit, but the Holy Spirit is a person. God didn't want to bring Tabitha back from the dead. She wouldn't have come back from the dead. As it was, Peter did what Jesus did. The word spreads and people come to faith because of what Peter has done in the same uh, mould of what Jesus did. So that's that's our first point, is that when we've seen Jesus work, when we've seen things go well in church or in our lives, what people have done for us, people have prayed with us, then actually in a given situation, we do what Jesus did. We respond with kindness. We we reach out and we help those who are considered untouchable by others, who are rejected by others, because that's what Jesus did. We don't need a special prompt from God because we've read the Bible. We know how Jesus treated people. And so that's how we should treat people. The second way uh, that we hear Jesus' voice is uh, through the Bible. Uh, Jesus said that he would send the Holy Spirit to lead us into truth. And so as we read the Bible, the Holy Spirit brings it alive to us, helps us to, um, to understand what God is like, what God is thinking, how God would react. Uh, I was, uh, being honest with you, uh, embarrassed um, some years ago because I, I decided to try and memorise portions of scripture, which is a, a noble thing to try and do. And I'd started with uh, Paul's second letter to Corinthians, 2 Corinthians 2, uh, particularly the bit about uh, where it comes up to that we have treasures in jars of clay, and this kind of um, passage before that. 
And I, I memorized about 12 verses. That was pretty much it. And for the next couple of weeks, there were at least a dozen occasions something happened and I went, that's like in, in 2 Corinthians uh, 4, verse 2 or verse 5. And, it, and I, I honestly thought I'd found like a hitherto unheralded portion of scripture that, that had the answer to all these different situations. And then I think God very kindly just said to me, Steve, maybe I'm just showing you the bit that you've read. The bit you haven't got to look up, the bit that is fresh in your mind. I can point out to you and you go, oh, yes, I've read that. That's that's what God says. That's what God's like. And. Yes, like I say I don't try and um, I hope. I don't try and build myself up as super spiritual, but that did feel like being put in my place. That um, actually, whenever we read the Bible, whichever part of the Bible we read, God is God. God can bring something to mind. God can highlight something for us and say, "This, look at this. This is what I want you to see." Now, what I don't agree with is where people will uh, get a Bible and open it. And just kind of stick their finger in and read a verse. Um, that can be quite dangerous because you end up with verses out of context. Um, and it's a little bit like, um, well, it's just fate, isn't it? It's kind of, and God can work through that and I'm not dismissing it. But I think actually there's something more to reading the Bible to understand it, reading a, a chunk of it. And the more we've read, the, the more of it that God can talk to us through. The more of it God can say, oh, do you remember? Do you remember you read that? That That's really, that's, I was talking about this. And it, God is so creative. God is so kind. It's not that what was written 2,000 years ago was written with the express intention of guiding us in 2022. But just that as we read it, the Holy Spirit brings it alive, makes us see what God is doing around us. And it's that thing that Jesus says, my sheep know my voice. And it's where you read something and it just, oh, that, that's God, that's right. And something connects with what's going on in your life. And you have that sense that God is with you. And that's such a blessing. So we have doing what Jesus did. We have uh, reading the Bible and having the Spirit bring something to mind. Um, then we've also got uh, the Joyce holiday method. Um, some of you were at Joyce's funeral this week. Uh, it was a celebration. It was lovely to see so many people just talking about what Joyce gave them, how Joyce encouraged them. Um, and so shamelessly, I asked Joyce a couple of years ago about how uh, how she heard from God, uh, because she would she would pray and then she would uh, she would give us a little note and say I was thinking about this and want to pass it on to you. And she said, "Well, I find that um, that as I pray, I'll, I'll I'll have a problem and I'll lay everything out before God. I'll say 
God, here's the problem, here's the thing, it's this, and it's this, and it's this, and it's this. I said, and once I've laid everything out, then the answer comes. She had this sense that once you'd put everything out before God, actually often a thought would drop into her mind that would neatly answer what it was she was laying out before God. And she had a sense of, oh yes, I could do that. Okay. And she'd get on and do it because Joyce was nothing if not obedient. And again, it wasn't a voice out of the clouds. It was actually always, it was almost, you could just call it thinking it through. You're just play, laying everything out and paying attention to the thoughts that come to your mind, having placed these things in front of God. It's not overdramatic, it's not super spiritual. But for Joyce, there was a sense of, well, I had an issue. And I had a thought which suggested a solution, and I worked on that. There we go. That's an answered prayer in my book. Not dramatic, not out of the ordinary, but still makes such a difference. When we can take those things that are troubling us, we can take our problems, we can take our concerns and our fears to God, and have God drop His thoughts in their place. Now, uh, fourthly, I find often God speaks through pictures. At St James, we've had this picture of the lighthouse that God's called us to shine his light to everyone that we meet. And the lighthouse it stands built on rock and we are built on the rock that is Jesus, a solid place to stand. And that image came from God as we met as a PCC, we met as a group going out to ask God, where are you sending us? What are you asking us to do? What's coming up? What are we doing? I mean, there's a there are any number of pictures I can mention. I met when um, Julia Jagannath was with us and we prayed on Saturday mornings, the first Saturday of the month. Uh, I remember the, the picture of um, the fish in the net. If you know Finding Nemo, uh, at the end, they're all caught up in a net uh, and the fish get away by instead of struggling, they all swim in the same direction and they swim together and that together they create enough force that they break the net and all the fish are free. And there was that sense, and this is early in our time here at St. James, that God was calling us to, to make sure whatever we did, we all went in the same direction. We all went and did one thing together uh, and we worked together as a group. So sometimes God speaks to us through pictures. So when I pray, often I will, uh, I will pray. I'll say to God, "Oh Lord, I need to know what you're thinking. I'm, I'm stressed about this, this, and this." And then I'll try and be quiet. Now I don't know about you, but it's impossible to think of nothing. Well, maybe you can manage. I, I, my, my head is too busy, too distractible. Um, but I tend to find that once, when I'm quiet, and able to just sit. Um, then sometimes behind my eyes, I can just see um, really simple images. Uh, there might be squares or circles or, or uh, crosses or squiggles. Um, but as I sit down, as I look at these things, I'll, literally I'll think, well, that's a circle. 
that could be like one of those treadmills that the the, the donkeys tread on to kind of you know to power mills or whatever else you know that kind of whole thing is like trudging um and i'll have the thought about the donkey in the treadmill and then the next picture will be just a horse running in the fields and the connecting thought will be well, i'm talking this sorry this is an actual example from some years ago the thought that followed was god calls us to freedom not to just trudge inside a treadmill as so having had that thought i then had to kind of go oh well that was my mind wandering but actually that's is that thought a godly thought is there something of god in that well jesus said i've come that they would have life and life in all its fullness that's a an actual biblical passage um when I think about the picture of the donkey on the treadmill, are they going anywhere? They're doing things that. And so you take the picture and you think, is that God, are you saying something to me through this? Is this, is this you? Now in my head, when it's not God, other pictures come and my head, dis you know, my chain of thought flies off like a cloud of butterflies. And I bring myself back and say, sorry God, I got distracted. Hello. And I'll start again. But sometimes there's an image, there's a picture that that links something that God has said, that links to something that feels like the things that Jesus does in the Gospels. It feels like something that brings hope, something that might bring life, bring encouragement. Whenever we've talked about the gift of prophecy, to what the covenant prophecy is for the building up of the church, it's for encouraging people in their faith. Jesus, my sheep, hear my voice and they follow me. So what we're looking for is uh, hearing from God, hearing God's voice in a way that helps us to follow him. If what you hear is critical, uh, is negative, is condemning, that's not from God. The Bible literally says there is no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus. So if you have negative thoughts as you're sitting at home um, or in church or self-critical thoughts, actually the, you need to challenge them and say, actually, that's not what God says about me. God says I'm made in his image. God says that he loved the world so much that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him would have eternal life. I'm whoever. Whoever includes me. Yay, I've got eternal life. Do you see what I mean? It's not that we just have a thought and go, yes, that's from God. But it is that we allow God to speak to us in different ways. And then we test it. We think, does that seem like something God would say? Does that fit with what's in the Bible? Uh, and the great thing with being part of a church is you can ask other people. You can ask someone else. Uh, I was praying and this thought came to my mind. What, what do you think? That's absolutely biblical. Uh, the Bible says, test everything, hold on to that which is good. Which suggests there'll be stuff that is not good, stuff that is just your own head, and that's fine. We let it go. Don't beat ourselves up. We don't have to um, beat ourselves up, whip ourselves. It's fine. 
we just let it go and we hold on to that which is good so for us as a church um, we are the other side of lockdown it doesn't look like we're going to be locked down again um, St James is changing because of the people who've moved away uh, and new people who've come and we need as much as we ever have to listen to Jesus' voice so that we can follow him, so that we can go where he is leading us and do what he is calling us to do. That means for us as a church, uh, and it means that as a St James PCC, we continue trying to hear God together. But it also means for you as an individual Christian, this is a life skill, hearing Jesus' voice, knowing what he's saying, writing it down, keeping track of it, and then um, growing in your ability to know what Jesus is saying in different situations or to the people in your life. You are a follower of Jesus. His Holy Spirit lives in you. The Holy Spirit in here, so close. And so you can use that. You can be used by him. Now, like I said, I've been on this journey really since I was 18. I'm now considerably older than 18. This isn't a situation where you're going to hear from hear a prophetic word from the clouds um, now, in an hour's time tomorrow morning. But if you say to God, Lord, I want to hear from you. I want to be better at hearing your voice. I want to be sure that I'm following you. Our God is kind. Our God loves you. And of course he will take that and he'll say, my child, let's do this thing. If you'd like help, come talk to Reverend Ali, come talk to me, um, talk to the people who lead your service. We will be delighted to walk with you in this and share something of, of how we have heard Jesus' voice. But it's not just about individual lives, individual problems. This is how we live as his community, as the people of God in Alperton, by being attentive to Jesus' voice and going where he leads us. So I'm going to pray. Uh, I'm going to pray for myself. I'm going to pray for all of you. I'm going to pray for us uh, that we would grow in being able to hear Jesus' voice. Uh, whether that's about remembering what it is he did, about hearing it as we read the word, or about hearing his voice as we pray uh, and as he guides our thoughts or, or speaks to us through the pictures that come to mind. Let's seek this out. Let's press into it uh, and have as much as God will give us. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you that we are your sheep. Thank you that you love us, that you care for us. And so we ask that you would teach us that bit more, how to hear your voice. To know what you are saying to us so that we might follow you even more closely 
in our day-to-day and as a church. Lord God, teach us and fill us afresh with your Holy Spirit that we might see your kingdom come and your will be done, both in us and through us. Lord Jesus, we ask this in your precious name. Thank you very much uh, for listening, for watching. Uh, Have a lovely Sunday and we will see you soon. God bless.